Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeya. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I'd like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about, it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. All right. Um, today is Saturday, February 15th. And um, I had a couple of scriptures I wanted us to use as a foundation to try to understand why we're here, the experiences that, you know, mankind has been through, um, where we're headed, and what the purpose of all of this is all about. Um, for those of us who believe in the scriptures, we know that God created man, and man had a, an evolutionary process in its knowledge of God. In other words, we evolved in our knowledge of God right from the Garden of Eden up until the time Jesus Christ came, where God himself manifested as a human being here on earth to bring to us um, usher us into the final stage of the ages, okay? Um, what I'm going to do is try to start with a scripture. I think it's in the book of Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. I think it's verse 10. So I'll use that as the basis for what I'm about to speak about. And we're also going to take a look at the book of Revelation um, chapter 10. So let's first begin with Ephesians Chapter 1. Okay. If you look at Ephesians chapter 1, um, 
we'll take it from verse 7 to 10. But it's verse 10 we want to concentrate on, okay? So it says, in whom, this is Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Okay. Now, before I, I, I break this down, I want us to go into the book of Revelation chapter 10. Okay. Revelation chapter 10. Okay. Okay. And we're going to look at verse 6 and 7. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Revelation is such a book where it's kind of unfair to just take, you know, two verses out. So maybe we should just go from verse one to seven. Okay. Revelation chapter 10, verses one to seven. Okay. And I'll read. It says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillar of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard the voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that there, therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he had declared to his servants, the prophets. Okay, so we see here that it's telling us in Revelation that when the seventh angel shall begin to sound, the mystery of God will be complete as he promised his prophets. But it also says to us, that there will be time no longer. In a lot of translations, it will say to us that there should no longer be delay or um, no more um, space given. But the scripture right here is very clear. Okay? It says very clearly that it's, has come, we've come to the end of time. That means that a period is coming when on earth here there will no longer be time that's what it's referring to here okay what does that mean it's not saying that oh god will have run out of patience it's more than that they literally we literally will no longer be functioning within time 
time is a temporary reality. In the reality of God, there is no such thing as time. And that was why the apostle Peter told us that with God, one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And we are going to be ushered in to the mystery of God, into the, into the economy of God, okay? And now we'll be functioning in the realm and understanding that God himself functions in. That means there will no longer be time as a factor for you and I, okay? So let's look at Ephesians again, Ephesians chapter one, that's where we started. And I think it was um, verse 10, yes. Ephesians chapter one, verse 10, it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, plural. The word here in Greek is eon, okay? And which uh, can sometimes be translated ages or periods, but preferably ages. Okay, that in the fullness of the ages, there are different ages. There was the age of Noah, there was the age of Methuselah, there was the age of um, Adam and Eve, there was the age of Abraham, there was the age of Moses, there was the age of the prophets, there was the age of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, there was the age of the apostles, there's the, there's the so called dark ages, there's the, age, there's the age that we're in now, there's what we sometimes call the information age, but basically. We're in a time when the Bible said knowledge shall increase, okay? Today, we take it for granted that every single child gets up, they, you know, gets born, goes to school, learns how to read, right? It wasn't always this way, okay? So when the Bible says knowledge shall increase, it's not just talking about, you know, spiritual knowledge. It's just saying that there will be enlightenment. Right now, on your, anybody can pick up a phone and get almost any information they want by Googling it or something. We are reaching that, that point. I don't want to turn to that scripture, but just take from me that somewhere in the Bible, in the book of Habakkuk, I think, or Zephaniah, where it says, you know, knowledge shall increase. All right? So what does this mean? Why, why are we talking about this today? Because I want to share a little bit with us about the time we're in. But before doing that, I want to go back to the beginning. Okay? So we see that at the beginning. God said he wants to create man in his image and his likeness. But he only created man in his image. You can go read it in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Okay? So the process of making man like God, which is an eternal being, not subject to time, would require a process. And so all the things that took place from the Garden of Eden, from the very fact that Eve ate the fruit she wasn't supposed to eat or Adam ate the fruit he wasn't supposed to eat, all these things were working together to, to, to make, to help evolve a man that would be like God and that would dwell here in earth, on earth. And so... You read about God working with um, um, Cain and Abel after, you know, Adam. And they bring the, the offerings that they have to God. And God chooses Abel rather than Cain. These things are all part of the, the process of production for God. 
He has began to teach us, you know, the difference between grace and works, the difference between sacrifice of works by working hard and planting and bringing it to God or putting faith in the blood. And you can see that Abel brought, the Bible says he brought of his own sheep and offered to God. Well, guess what? Because it's only by the blood of the lamb that a person could be acceptable to God. And that's why God rejected Cain. Now, Cain obviously didn't have a personality that God liked, but even worse, God didn't like his offering because his offering came from the toil of his hand. And today, you and I find that we are in that situation where men and women who claim to believe in God trust more in their good deeds and in the works of their hands and how much tithes they pay and everything, rather than just in the simplicity of the knowledge that God who began a work in them is more than able to fulfill it and to complete it. We say it, but we don't really believe it. So we, we, we continue putting so much effort, trying to do this for God, trying to do that for God, rather than work out the salvation that God has put within us with fear and trembling, like Paul said. And the fear and trembling he's talking about, they're just, you know, being um, um, conscientious. That's what he means, being conscientious, you know, being, being um, delicate with your work, with what the work of God in your life, okay? To take it seriously, all right? Okay, so we move from that age of, you know, Cain and Abel, and then we come, you know, to the age, you know, of Noah. And it says during the time of Noah, there was great wickedness in the earth, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. Well, you will hear a lot of people say, oh, the sons of God are Nephilim. The sons of God were fallen angels. That is not scriptural. That's nonsense. Sons of God there just means men and women who, or men in this particular instance, who were of the godly seed, okay? And you can see when you go back into the book of Genesis, you can look and you can see the genealogy of Cain and those who descended from him and the genealogy of those who descended from Abel. Okay, I'm sorry, not from Abel, from the replacement for Abel, Seth, Abel's brother, the one that replaced Abel. And it tells us clearly that it is in the generation of Seth that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And when we look at the genealogy of Cain, it's from that genealogy we see all the first wickedness on earth. Okay? So when it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men, it meant one group of human beings saw another group of human beings. And even though those women were not of the godly seed, those men who were of the godly seed still went and married them, still went into them. Okay? All right. So that causes God to say, you know what? I need to be done with this age. But he sets apart Noah and his family. Okay? He sets apart Noah and his family and saves them and saves chosen, you know, animals. Seven of each clean and two of each unclean, okay? And it puts them into the ark. And I want you to notice here that it tells us that even unclean animals were saved. That has a message for us, but I won't go into that right now. So we see one age closed with the flood. Then afterwards, a new age begins, okay? 
a new age begins and it culminates with the coming of a man called Abraham. Okay. And when Abraham comes, we see his story that God blesses him with everything, but he doesn't have his own son. And he comes to God, he cries to God and says, what are you going to give me? Since I have no seed, we bless me with a lot of wealth and everything, but everything I have is going to go to my servants here. And we know the story there. And God says to him, don't worry, you'll have your own son. You know, and the Bible says Abraham believed God. And at that point, God counted Abraham righteous. Why? Simply because God said something and Abraham believed it. Not that Abraham did anything. Now, much later, God calls Abraham and says, offer your son. We know the story. Okay. But then Abraham gives birth to Isaac and then Isaac gives birth to Jacob. Okay. And Jacob gives birth to his 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. So once the 12 tribes of Israel um, are born, we know the story of how they get into Egypt and everything. And once you know, they're in Egypt, um, Jacob dies, they prosper in Egypt, and that's the end of another age. Okay? So we're seeing a work. Now, in Egypt, after a few years, they begin to be persecuted. God calls Moses. Moses saves them and takes them out of Egypt. And a new age begins. But now this is the age of the law. Okay? Notice, we've moved from the age of Adam and Eve into the age of Cain and Seth's descendants, into the age of um, Noah, into the age of Abraham and the fathers. And finally, we have now come into the age of the law, which is under Moses. Okay? And this goes on, and throughout this period of time, after the time of Moses and Joshua, we come into the period when we call the Bible calls the, the, the book of Judges, which tells about a new age and referred to this age as a time when there was no king in Israel and every man did that which seemed right in his own eyes. Okay? And finally, it culminates in God choosing for the people Saul as a king. And so we come into the kingdom age, okay? And this is a new age. And there's King Saul, then there's King David, and then there's King Solomon, and the kingdom age ends. Just like we had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we have Saul, we have David, and we have Solomon, and the kingdom age ends. Then the kingdom is divided into two, under Rehoboam. Jeroboam takes one part and Rehoboam keeps only Judah and Benjamin. Then we enter into the age of the prophets. And this is where we now start hearing of Elijah and Elisha and um, so many other great prophets who come. Okay, so sometimes I refer to as the minor and the great and the um, major and minor prophets and so on. Wrong term to use, but you know what I mean. Okay, and this continues until we come into the age of captivity where Israel and Judah is sacked and they're sold into captivity into Babylon and finally into Persia. And they're in that state until 
John the Baptist comes and we enter into a new age, the age of John the Baptist. And he introduces us to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ begins a new age, which lasts three and a half years, in which he goes about doing good and healing the sick, raising the dead, performing miracles. And at the end of it, he has to die. He has to die because at the end of this age is going to be the salvation of mankind. And he dies and ushers in a new age called the age of grace. That's the age you and I are in now, but it is coming to an end. The age of grace is coming to an end, and that is where you read about in um, the book of Revelation chapter 10 just now, and Ephesians chapter 1, when he talks about, in the fullness of times, they shall gather together both things which are in heaven and in earth. Okay, what are the things that are in heaven? Okay, okay, let's look at that, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 again, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Okay. It says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So what are the things in heaven? It's not referring to things like um, cups, spoons, chairs no it's talking about people okay it's talking about people that there's there are people who are part of the church who are in the heavenly realms and there's those of us who are part of the church that are in the earthly realm but a time is coming when we shall be caught up to meet with them together you've seen this before in the book of thessalonians okay now let's look at the book of hebrews um, i believe it's chapter 12 hebrews chapter 12 Okay. In verse 1, it says, Wherefore, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Okay? In the chapter before this, he had just mentioned a host of people who were in heaven. And in verse 1 of chapter 12, he's telling us that these people can pass us about. That means you and I are operating not alone, but with spiritual men and women that you and I cannot see, who are in Christ Jesus like you and I are. If you recall when Jesus was here, once when he taught about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still being alive, and the Pharisees and Sadducees were amazed at his doctrine, the very next chapter, he took three of his apostles, um, I believe it was Peter, John, and um, James, I believe, and he took them up, you know, on the mountain, and right there they saw Abraham, uh, sorry, they saw Elijah and Moses coming to talk to Jesus, and the Bible says they came to discuss Jesus' death. Why did they come to talk to Jesus? Well, they came to talk to Jesus because they had something they wanted to find out, namely, what is this you're going to die thing you keep talking about? We thought you were coming to save us. Okay? Because the Bible said they spoke about his death. Well, they certainly were not coming to teach him. Okay? So, now we come to our time. We come to our own period. 
we are now in the age of grace and we're coming to the end of the age of grace okay and paul says i has not seen neither have ears heard that which god has in store for them that love him we're about to enter into that but paul also warned us and said that we must through great tribulation enter the kingdom of god okay i'm not going to try to explain too much but i want you to hold me to this i'll explain some other time there is something called the tribulation and then there's something else called the great tribulation okay and this great tribulation is a trying time that will be for a short period before the ushering of the kingdom of god on earth okay and once this kingdom of god on earth is established there will be time no longer okay so that that's a, there's more to talk about when he says time no longer but today i wanted to kind of lay a foundation so we can you know we can see where this began okay it's a bit like of a synopsis of you know the whole scriptures and the evolution of man you know from genesis 1 you know to where we are today and maybe in the future we'll be able you know to go further into any particular aspect of the things i've spoken about you know if people write in or have questions or you know call in whatever it is and we can go further into it but um this was something i wanted us you know to take a look and to understand that there have been ages there have been periods there have been times and even in your personal life you need to understand that as god is dealing with us as a group as christians as believers as mankind he's also dealing with you as an individual so that in your own individual life, you have ages, you have eons, you have epochs, you have times. And you need to know what time you are in because the time you are in and the time I am in personally are not always the same. You might be in something right now that I was in 10 years ago. So you might be way behind me in time. I might be in something you were in 10 years ago and way behind you in time as far as that other thing is concerned. So every one of us has to work out his or her salvation with diligence. That means with fear and trembling, okay? Because it's personal to you, okay? I'm teaching you based on what I have learned of God. And you will teach me based on what you have learned of God. That means based on your personal walk and your personal revelation of God. My way of teaching might not be your way of teaching. What I teach might not be what you teach, okay? And whatever God has taught you, it might even be in the medical field. It might be in finance. It might be in science. It might, you're playing your own role. Whatever you are, if you're a driver, if you're a doctor, you're a doctor or a driver unto God. And it's very important in what God is doing at this time, okay? Doesn't mean if somebody has a headache and I'm a driver, I wouldn't know that the person needs to get to my leave. I don't need to be a doctor. To do that but i'm not going to not claim to be a doctor because i recommended ali for someone that had a headache okay and a doctor might be able to drive himself to work doesn't mean he's a driver okay so we all are somebody in the kingdom of god and we need to develop ourselves individually so but what i'm talking about today is not about us individually i'm talking about the church as a collective in the plans of god where we're going and that at the end of all of this it's going to end with something in the book of first john chapter 3 where it says that 
uh, we are not yet like him, but we shall be like him. Why don't we take a look at that scripture finally? Let, let that be our last scripture, because I think it kind of encapsulates the end of what I'm trying to say. So we'll go to the book of First John, not John, but First John chapter 3. That's after the book of Peter. After Second Peter, you get First John, okay? If you look at First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see that? So here's First John, and he's telling us that when Christ shall appear, then we shall be like him. Who's Christ? It's God. Which is what you read in Genesis chapter 1, where God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So obviously he didn't make us in his likeness, otherwise he wouldn't be here saying, we shall be like him. Okay, we already ought to be like him if that was what was done. But what you're saying here is that the, the work over the ages has made us to become like God. And at the end of time, we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye and the work completed. Those of us that have stayed and are staying on the path, regardless of the challenges, regardless of the trials, regardless of the doubts, we've stayed on, we've held on as best we could. Okay, and so we will partake in that transformation, that end change that will make us like God at the end of time, when there'll be time no longer, okay? Because God is not subject to time. And if you are going to be like God, obviously you're not going to be subject to time. Time as you conceive it of today will dissipate. It will no longer be a part of your existence. It will no longer be a part of your reality, okay? There'll be time no longer. Okay, friends, I'm going to stop here and, you know, open it up. If there are any questions or anything I might, you know, need to elaborate on, you know, I'd love to answer any questions. Okay. All right. Everybody's unmuted now. So is there any question or any contribution? Can you all hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Do you have any questions? No, not really. I thought it was pretty clear. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So, you know, this would be a kind of, um, this should be a kind of, um, I'll say, uh, foundational teaching, you know, on time no longer. And maybe as, you know, people email or, you know, go over it, you know, play it again, they might have more questions and then, you know, we can kind of go deeper into it. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll stop here and um, look forward to speaking to everyone again next week, um, same time, which is um, 12 noon, um, 12 noon Eastern time, USA time. Okay. All right. So please don't forget to subscribe to our, you know, YouTube channel, Emerging Temple. 
And you can also find us on Facebook. Look for Emerging Temple on Facebook. We're also on Spotify and um, other, you know, online radio portals. Just search for Emerging Temple. You can listen to some of our old podcasts. And if you want to support us, you can also, you know, find us on Patreon.com. Look for our handle on Patreon.com. It's Emerging Temple. And you'll be able to support this work in this way. So please feel free to share these um, videos, these audio tapes, you know, with your family and friends. Spread it, you know, far and wide. There's no copyright. So please go ahead and, you know, do that. So I just want to pray to God that, you know, he helps us, you know, grow in our knowledge of him. Um, I know there are many questions about some of the things that have been shared today. And like I said, at any time, you know, you can hit up our Facebook page and, you know, send a question about this, um, this messages and um, I'll be more than glad to respond. Okay. Thank you everybody for your time. God bless you. Bye-bye.